Amen. You may be seated this morning. Well, good morning. I hope everybody's doing well. Are we doing well this morning? Nod, yep, good, yeah. Um, so, uh, Pastor Phil and Pastor Brian are leading a team of 40 people in Israel for the next two weeks, and so they are um, having a great time. I actually got a picture of, from Pastor Phil this morning. Um, the time changed a little bit, so it came in at 5 a.m., but it's him in front of Mount Carmel, uh, which is just kind of cool to think about and all that stuff, and so he came and said, hey, Dan, would you mind um, speaking over the next two weeks, which I don't know if I've ever done a back-to-back message uh, mini-series or whatever you want to call it, but that is what he asked me to do and so as he said hey what you can do whatever you want he gave me free reign to talk about and I naturally thought of rest Um, and so what I thought we would do over the next two weeks is um, after the worship zone we're going to take a 30 minute nap and um, what I need you to do is when Pastor Phil comes back say you feel rest and refueled and he's going to know I did a great job and uh, so that's what I was thinking we'd do this morning just kidding kind of no um so uh as we're talking, I've been praying about, hey, Lord, what do you have for me? And can I tell you, I, for me, I feel like I am in a season of just being tired and, and, and rest and all that type of stuff. And, and I find this mostly like, uh, I don't know about you, um, I'm getting to an age that like trips are not as fun anymore. Like the idea of going on a trip is more daunting than exciting. Like I love seeing new sites, don't get me wrong. Like I like going and seeing new things and that's all fun. But there's something about not taking my bed with me um, that causes like anxiety on a trip right anybody else know what I'm talking about like when you go somewhere else as you don't get good sleep you're tired and it's all because is your bed doesn't travel with you they have not made a special button to compress it and then spread it out and do all that and so I struggle with trips I don't like trips um, I have found though and maybe you're like me that if I can take my own pillow like anybody else like that you're like me if I get my own pillow I'm feeling a little bit better I have one of those nice curvy that fits the size of my head which means it's a big pillow because big head Um, but but that's kind of what I what I need when I go on trips and and so I noticed this as as I watched last week our we had our student ministry um, they went on a winter retreat last week and by the way they took um, uh, over 50 people with them up to Camp Barakel they had a blast if you go to the high school ministry website page they have a four-minute recap video that you'll get exhausted just watching everything that they did um, but they look like they had a blast doing that and so I went to pick up my daughters from the trip and two things I noticed as they're getting off the bus the first one was is I don't think they took their pillows because they looked exhausted um, and so they're all tired as they come which by the way on a youth trip that's a really good thing like that they're tired but the second thing is like I'm glad I'm not them they I, that looks miserable um, coming off that bus but they had a blast of what's going on but what I realized is I'm in a place right now that I'm just tired I I feel like things are going on maybe you're different I just feel like the world altogether just has a lot going on and maybe it's physical maybe it's an emotional thing maybe it's something that's different but but I'm in a place where just every time I think about something I'm like oh I need a nap already um, and, and, and you might be in a different place, but I believe that all of us go through seasons that we need rest. And we need this idea of rest. And so over this week and next week, we're going to talk about this idea of what does it mean to rest, but also how do we refuel? And, and you may say, isn't that the same thing? I think they're two different things. Um, and, and until we can understand what rest is, I don't believe we can understand actually how to refuel. The first thing we see um, that God talks about in Genesis, and if you have your Bibles, 
we're going to be in a lot of different places. I have four passages we're kind of, kind of peek in today. And so they're in your bulletin. I think they're going to be on, on the slides. But if you have your Bibles, you can see um, the different places you can go there. But in Genesis chapter 2, God starts this out. You guys know the story. He created things in six days, right? But on the seventh day, it says this. It says, by the seventh day, chapter 2, um, seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work creating um, that he had done. Now, it's hard for me sometimes to picture God like this. Like, I think of like, okay, God was like out in the fields. He's all sweaty. He's like, oh, I need a nap. Let's go do this. Like, right, that's not how I picture God. Like, I picture God like, okay, let's do this. But yet, he takes, he takes this time. And I think, man, God, I wish I was more like you in some ways. Like, if you would have created me like the Energizer Bunny, I would be way more productive in life. And so I don't understand why you couldn't do that. And then I don't understand like why you actually rested. But then he accents it, right? He accents this idea of where he rested. And in Exodus chapter 20, where he's giving the Israelites the Ten Commandments, right? You guys know the Ten Commandments? On the fourth commandment, he accents this idea of rest. And he says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And the Sabbath is another way of resting, right? It's taking time. And so he says, hey, remember the Sabbath. Remember about resting and keeping it holy. So not only did God actually rest, he now took time and he commanded us to rest. That's interesting to me. Like, why would he do that? When you think of the word rest, there's a couple words. The, the idea of biblical, when it's in the Bible, what does rest mean? If you look at definitions, there's a lot of different ones. But the ones that come up that it refers to, the synonyms of that, I see as peace, ease, refreshment. Those are, those are the words that they, they use in the Bible when they're talking about rest. It's peace, ease, refreshment. And so often when I think of rest, I think of sleep, nap, and time off, Right? I think of sometimes there's an there's a air of laziness that kind of comes when we talk about rest. So if I'm going to rest, oh, I must be a lazy person. And yet rest doesn't equal laziness. If you actually go back in, in the passages we just looked at, God actually uses another word that I have never seen before when I think about rest. And it's there, as plain as day, as we look at this, you're going to be like, oh yeah, it's there. I knew that word was there, but I've never connected it with the idea of rest, right? In Genesis chapter 2, it says, by the seventh day, God finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Like we knew that word was there, right? But have you ever connected it with rest? Look at it in Exodus 20, right? When he commands it, he actually goes and, and, and he's telling the Israelites, hey, keep the Sabbath, right? In Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day. And what did he say? By keeping it holy. Interesting. That means that rest does not equal laziness, but rest actually equals holiness. Have you ever thought about that before? Because I had not. I have never connected rest and holiness before. The idea of holiness, the definition that for me is one of my favorite definitions is set apart for honorable use. Set apart 
for honorable use, which means that we are too, if we are going to be holy, we need to set ourselves aside and wait in preparation for God for when he wants to use us so that we can go out and do what he's called us to do. Set apart for honorable use. Well, when you think about it that way, rest makes a lot more sense. Rest would then mean that we're to be set aside to get ready to prepare for God to use us the way that he's called us to be used. Which means if we're not resting the way that God has called us to rest, we won't be prepared for what he's called us to do. And I think about that, like, why is God telling us this? Because, well, God is already holy, isn't he? And yet, he took time to rest and commanded it. God doesn't need rest, and yet he rested. And so why is God doing this? Well, I believe God's doing this, and he's telling us, and he's commanding us this, because he wants us to know that there is a gift set aside for every single one of us, and he's actually modeling how to do it. Isn't that awesome of our God? He doesn't just say, hey, go do it. He says, hey, I want you to show you, it's a, even though I don't need it, I'm the God, the creator of the world, I don't need it, and yet still I took the seventh day. I, I don't need it, but I want to make sure that you are commanded to do this and, and have this. And so he uses other words as he's talking about this holiness idea. He, he says, holiness is being dedicated, it's sacred, it's consecrated, it's hallowed, it's sanctified, it's divine. The list goes on and on about what is holiness, and he's saying that is rest. When you are resting the way that I have called you to rest, all those things are a part of it. And so this came to mind for me, whereas rest isn't dependent on our surroundings, how quiet it is, how many hours of sleep we get, how much alone time we can find, but it's dependent on the one who actually gives us the actual rest, which is God. Did you catch that? Rest isn't dependent on our surroundings, everything that's going on. Rest is dependent on the one who's giving it to us, which is God. Now, as I look at Scripture and I look at the Old Testament especially, the Bible, the, the Pharisees and the people in the Old Testament, they did this really well and almost to a fault, okay? Okay. So they get this rules and they find out what they're supposed to do and they're like, oh, we're supposed to rest. All right, so to make sure that I rest, and it's good humans do, they made rules to make sure they don't break the rules, right? They took it too far and we're, as human beings, really good at that. And so they start going, hey, remember, I, I, you're not supposed to walk a mile in a day, okay? So we're not supposed to walk a mile. So we're going to forbid you to walk more than a half mile. Well, why a half mile? Well, it's because they went a half mile, they have to go a half mile back. That's one. Right? And they made this rule. Oh, if, you're, if your animal gets hurt on, on the Sabbath, on the day you're supposed to rest, hey, guess what? You can't do anything about it. Just let it die. Why? Because you would be doing work. And so they started making these rules upon rules. By the end of Deuteronomy, so in Exodus 20, they get these 10 commandments. By the end of Deuteronomy, there's over 600 rules. Good human beings, right? Yay! Make the rules. And what happens in that? When we start doing that is we miss the point, right? We begin to focus on the idea of what rest, oh, take time, do all this stuff, instead of what the point is, which is holiness. 
to, to, to seek after God, to make sure that we're set aside to be ready for when God calls us to do what he's called us to do. See, rest is not about doing too much. It's not about, you know, trying to gain energy for the next day. Rest is about honoring God. Rest is about setting your, your time aside and pursuing a life that finds God. And yet so often, we look at it as just taking a nap. And don't get me wrong, I love a good nap. I plan on one this afternoon. But it's way more than that. And you may be sitting here right now going, Dan, this is a lot to remember. I'm tired, just listen to you. I get it, I'm energetic, that's how I work. So I've narrowed it down to four things, <laughs> all right, to help us because I feel until we can understand what rest is, we can't ever begin to understand how to refuel ourselves for tomorrow. And so I think that rest requires four things. The first thing I think that rest requires is regularity, regularity. In Genesis chapter 2, we've already read this, but I want us to see this. It's very important. He says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all the work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, on it he rested from all the work creating that he'd done. If you notice the theme, seventh, right? There was a regular pattern Six days work, one day off. Six days work, one day off. There was a regular pattern. Why did God do this? Why was this important? Because I believe God was showing us that there's a pattern that we have to be proactive, not reactive. In my life, when it comes to rest, I go, go, go. When I'm tired, then I rest, right? That's how we operate. We say, okay, hey, when I'm tired, I'll take a nap. If I need this, I'll do that. But we go, go. God says, no, you've you got to flip it around. You got to have a regular time with me, a regular time set aside that we can do something because if you don't, that's when burnout happens. Resting requires a regular time. So my question as we start this morning uh, in here is, is how often do you regularly meet with the Father? How often do you regularly meet with the Father? That you've built it in to your schedule. Not just your seventh day, but maybe your morning times, evening times. Maybe more than just the meal times that's just, hey, we say this so we feel good about eating the stuff we eat. <laughs> How often do you regularly set time away to meet with God? The second thing I feel rest requires as we look at this is rest requires intentionality. It requires regularity, but it requires intentionality. And for this, we have to go back to, to the Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, because he says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor, we see this again, and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath on the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor your <laughs> foreign residing in your towns. For six days in the Lord, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, here's the deal. There was an intentionality. I've already told you that, that we as humans, we make more rules than we need at times. Like if we just follow what God says, we'll be okay. But they set it up with a good purpose in mind, right? Things that sometimes turn bad, they may have good intentions. The intention was that they wanted to be very intentional about the commandment. How do we do this? Now, 
I'm not a very good rule follower. Um, I try to, and some of you, you love rules. You, you give me my box, check it off, you're ready to go. If it's not a rule, then why am I doing it? I struggle with that. I'm not, I'm not great at rules, and so for me, I always go, uh, I'm okay, but if I know the why, if I know the why there's a rule, I can get behind it. I mean, 70% of the time, I'll follow the rules 100% of the time. That's kind of how I work, right? Catch up, 70%, okay, all right. It's one of those things where, for me, I've got to know why I'm doing it. If I don't understand the why behind something, it's very hard for me to want to follow the rule. Anybody else like that in here? Right? And so we got to get that. This commandment is the why. God says, if you don't do this, you're going to burn out. If you can't do this, you're not going to see what I have for you. And so he tells his people right here in Exodus 20, I need you to do this. Why does God say this? Why does he tell his people this? Easy, because we're not good at it. He said, you guys are not great at resting. <laughs> you guys here, they're telling the people you're not great at it. So I want you to know that you can do this. And I'm giving you the why because I don't want you to struggle. And I don't want you to burn out. And I don't want you to have problems. So I'm making it a rule. Not for me. God, God's not saying, I need this rule. He gave these things. And so often we look at the Bible so often as rules that ruin what we're doing. He gave this for us. Here's my why. You're going to struggle. I think some of us are. He's saying, you're going to burn out if you keep going the way you're going. I think some of us are. He, he, he's saying, hey, we need to be in a place where we can be ready to go when God calls us. And I think some of us aren't. And so he says, I need this to be intentional. I need you to be a part of this. It's not just regular, so I set my time, but intentional with your times when you're doing that. Says, Rest requires intentionality the the third thing i feel that rest requires is rest requires necessity there's a need for it some of you are like amen yes but it is it's one of those things all of us as human beings we have a need we can't go at a constant pace at all time there is a need for what happens and the problem is is when we don't have that when we don't meet that need we, we end up getting cranky. We know it, right? You know people who are not resting enough. And for me, I always find it, it looks a little bit like this. Sloppy, Mike, sloppy. Mike, what is your deal, oh, man? come on, man. You've been riding me all day. Mike, you're playing like Betty White out there. Yes, Mike. Mike. Eat a Snickers. Better? Better. Hey, I'm open! You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. <laughs> and I feel this is some of us when we don't get our rest, right? And so some of you out there, I know you're struggling. Thor, there you go. Uh, you need a Snickers today. Here we go. A couple of you out there, right? And so you need some of those things, okay? There we go. Push that over there, right? Here's what I think. Rest is the Snickers of the Bible. You can quote it. Send it everywhere. I believe rest is the Snickers of the Bible. That when we are not 
actively pursuing rest the way that God calls us, we are not ourselves. We're not. We can't be. We look different. We act different. If you have a spouse in the room, you're like, amen, right? (laughs) Rest is something that we need. Not something we hope for. It's something we need. There's a guy in the Bible named Elijah. He's in the Old Testament. First Kings chapter 19. You can kind of see his story. Elijah was a prophet from God, sent by God to do a lot of different things. Elijah would go and he would uh, tell people about who God is and he'd go to kings and rebuke them when they need it. He would also be the guy that goes to the widow to encourage them. He's the guy that would go out when people are worshiping different gods and he would, he would challenge them that his God is greater. He would go, go, go. And if you look in 1 Kings chapter uh, 17, 18, 19, all in that, you're going to see a man who just did not stop with what he's doing. And he just, he would go, he did not take a break. And so he gets done with this long battle with these other prophets of Baal. And if you know that story in 1 Kings chapter 18, he and these prophets, they get who's going to, uh, who's God's going to answer them. And so they build these altars and, and finally Elijah said, lets them do their thing. Nothing happens and Elijah tells God, hey, send the fire down. Fire comes down from heaven, looks up this altar. It's pretty awesome stuff, by the way. I get kind of excited about that. And Elijah does all these things. Go, go. Go, go, go. He loves it. Well, then right after this happened, he finds out that there's a king who's frustrated with him. And Elijah gets scared. And he runs. He's like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm done. And he gets to this place and he finds his seclusion and there's a tree. And he sits down at this tree. And as he sits down at this tree, he goes, I need a nap. That's my paraphrase. And he says, God, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I've done all these different things, just kill me now. And he falls asleep. And an angel comes to him, and an angel, as he wakes him up, he gives him food and drink and says, take this, you need me. And he reluctantly takes this, and then what does he do? He goes back to sleep. He goes, kill me, God, I can't handle this anymore. I'm done. Angel wakes him up. Find this all in 1 Kings chapter 19. And he wakes him up again and gives him food and gives him water. He goes, fine, I'm going to go. And he finishes his journey. As he finishes his journey, he gets to this cave. And in this cave, he's once again saying, God, where are you? And in 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 9, God says, I want to meet with you, Elijah. And you might have heard this before, but it says, there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. But I am the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
And friends, Elijah almost missed God speaking to him because he was go, 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 go. Work all the time. Tired and ready to call it quits. He, even if you notice in all of his statements were I statements, I did this, I did that, I'm here. God, you're leaving me out to dry. And God says, no, 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 no. You're leaving me out to dry. You have a need that you're trying to fulfill by yourself and you are missing it. And so you're looking for me in all the big stuff that you're doing, right? We go to our conferences and we have these mountaintop experiences and all these amazing things and you're looking for me in the earthquake and the wind and the fire and all this stuff. And where does God say, no, that's not where I'm at. Where am I at? I'm in the restful place and here's how I know because he says, because I'm gonna whisper to you. Have you ever thought about that? What is a whisper? It's not, hey, how you doing? No, it's come here. Right? Come here. Come right here. I do this to my kids all the time when they're in trouble. <laughs> come right here. Pull over. And I go really close. Hey, do you hear me? In order for me to do that, my kid has to be right here. In order for you to hear from God, to whisper, he's got to be right here. Are you close enough to God? Are you meeting with him enough that he could whisper to you today? Or are we looking at him, do this amazing thing? And he can, don't get me wrong. But he says, hey, in that restful moment, I want to talk with you. But you can't hear me because you're making it about you. You see, we have a need. Rest requires that need. But so often we don't think we need it. And so what does that require? That last, our last thing is here is that rest requires a mentality. Requires a mentality. Jesus understood this better than most you see, when you look at Jesus' life, he's like, hey, I need to get away. I need to refuel. And so next week, we're actually going to hit on how Jesus did all this, how he refueled, how he got there. We're going to talk about that whole thing next week on refueling the way that Jesus refueled. But we can't get there until we understand the need we have to rest and what that means right now. And so Jesus, as he's talking to different people, he comes to a place he comes to a place and he says, hey, I want to tell you something about rest. Remember, rest is about holiness. It's setting ourselves aside to be used by him. But if we're not ready to be used by him, we can't do anything about that. And so he says in Matthew chapter 11, he says this. And this is so key. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest in, for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See that God never expects us to learn these things by ourselves. To figure this out. And friends, this morning, I believe that for a lot of us in this room, we're struggling. 
that we are hurting. Maybe it's a, an actual physical illness that you are going through or someone else you know is going through. Maybe it's something that's happening in your family. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's one of your kids. Maybe it's at work and God's saying, hey, you are burning yourself out trying to live for man, but I'm calling you to live for me. I don't know what it is this morning for all of you, but I know that almost every single one of you, you in here can identify a place where you are burdened and hurting right now. And God is telling you, hey, I want to be here for you. I want to do this for you, but are you going to come to me? And I, and I love this. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. A, a yoke, what it is, it's, it's a farming tool. And it kind of sits like this. And one animal, an ox, a cattle, sits in one side. And the other one sits in it and it holds them together so they can't leave each other. And it pulls a plow and so it moves forward ahead. And, and the deal is, uh, uh, one of the things that happens is over on the left side here, is where they put the lead animal, the lead, let's call it the ox, right? The lead ox. And, and it's one that has been doing this for a while and knows the master, knows what's going on. And in this one, they put one that wants to, is learning, right? Maybe same size, but it's not as experienced of what's going on. And the whole purpose is, is that this young one will learn from this older one who knows what's going on. And so as this ox moves forward, this one goes forward, and, and, and they kind of go together, and they learn, this one learns from the older ox. Now every so often, this one needs to slow down, but this one has learned it enough that it will slow down with it to make sure it gets its footing. But at times, it will push it further, and this is how this goes, and they trade, and eventually, this one hopefully will graduate over here, right? That's kind of the purpose of what's going on. So catch this, catch this says, take my yoke upon you. Jesus is saying this, take my yoke, but get in my yoke and learn from me. He says, I want to be that lead yoke, that lead ox. And I want you to come alongside and I want you to learn. And when you're struggling, I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to slow down to pace with you. And when you need a motivation, I'm going to be that motivation. And he says, says, church, come to me when you're struggling. Come to me when you're hurting, when you're burdened. And I got to believe that's a lot of us today. And he says, I will give you rest. I will give you the time to set apart yourself to move forward. I think we're hurting today. I can tell you I've been in a season over the last couple months for me, I needed this because I've been trying to do it on my own. And I have failed. And God is saying, Dan, will you come to me? Will you allow me to carry your burden? Will you allow me to guide you? Will you allow me to give you the rest you need. This morning, I think there are more people than like to admit that are right there. So we don't do altar calls very often, not because we don't like them, just we want to make sure it's not an emotional response. But I believe today God is calling some of us
to take a physical action step of saying, I'm done doing it on my own. And I need to come forward and maybe sit at the altar, on the steps. No one likes to sit on the front rows. Thank you who did. You can sit there. I don't care. But some of us need to physically come forward and say, I'm done doing it on my own. God, I need your help. And so what I'd like to do is I want to read this verse again. But I'm going to read it from the message version. I love what it says. And I want this to be our prayer as we're getting ready to go into a time of worship. As I get done reading this, I want to invite you. We're going to have everybody stand when I'm done. And I want to invite you that if God is calling you to step forward and give it over to him, would you answer that call? And you're like, yeah, but people are going to see me. And I go, yes, they will. And there might need be someone in this room who needs to see someone else move forward, that it's okay. Don't ignore the call from God. So let me read this prayer over you this morning that says this in Matthew 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. It says this, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out maybe on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, says the Lord, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand with us. If you feel like the Lord is speaking to you through Dan's um, message, I just ask that you would just come forward and sit in his presence.
Father God, we are here before you in this sweet surrender, this moment. God, we we ask that you'd expose those things in our lives that are in the way of what you would have for us. God, that you'd show us, maybe it's our own comfort, maybe it's our traditions that we hold very close, God, that's getting in the way. So we, we pray right now as we sing and declare we're making room for you, God, in our hearts, in our hearts right now to do whatever you want to. Let us be a people and let us be a church that's pursuing you and whatever you're calling us to. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. Hey, right now I want to invite you to have a seat as we uh, close out service. We have a few things that we want to say, but we also want to be uh, sensitive to those continuing to pray right now. Um, and uh, again, we are so encouraged. We want to, um, again, just, uh, it's so awesome that the Lord has a message for us and encourages us to take time to rest. I know it's, it sounds simple sometimes, but I, I know I struggle with it. And um, but that is such a beautiful thing because his burden is light and because he carried that burden. He wants us to rest. And so in this two-week special series, we're talking about rest today and next week we're talking about refuel and refueling our, our lives and, uh, and in our faith too. And so we want to invite you back um, to that as well. Absolutely. And after this series, I uh, can't believe it, but we're already on to March and that means that Easter is fast approaching. And so as we look towards Easter and anticipate that Jesus is, is coming, reflecting on what he's done, and that even when times seem dark, there is hope. So hope has a reason. We'll be starting on March 12th. Um, a lot to look forward to in these next coming weeks. Yep, and Easter times are posted online as well, um, if you're making plans for that, and I uh, would like to do that. Um, also, if you're a new guest with us, we're so happy you're here with us this morning. Um, we actually have a gift for you uh, at Guest Central on your way out. And we also want to thank you for your generosity. Um, a couple weeks ago, we asked for donations to the Warming Center that's just opened here in Port Huron. And you literally blew our socks off with all the donations um, that you brought in and met that need so quickly. And so we want to thank you for how you're partnering with our community, meeting those needs, and also partnering in the ministries that are going on here at Colonial Woods through your giving. If you'd like to partner with us in giving, there's lots of different ways that you can do that. On your way out, there are offering boxes you can drop uh, in there. And then we also have text to give, or you can give online. And we again want to thank you for your generosity just before we go would you mind if i just pray continue to pray over us um, as as we leave father god we thank you again for your presence here this morning we thank you for your holy spirit and the direction that it gives us the guidance god we pray that uh again you would just lead us to do whatever you want to in our lives in this church that this church would just be a place of pursuit of you and your will we love you and we thank you, and I pray that uh, you would just continue to bless us as we go throughout our week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. You are dismissed.